Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm so excited because today we have Maria, who is the founder of Handful of Thoughts, a resource dedicated to helping moms take control of their time and money. She's a full-time teacher, a wife, and a mom to an 18-month-old daughter. At the age of 30, Maria was mortgage-free after paying off a $342,000 mortgage in less than five years. Since then, she has adopted a financial freedom mindset and is sharing with other moms how to do the same. If you're curious about budgeting, personal finance, money management, or anything of that nature, you're in for a treat. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on the show with me today. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. My pleasure. I know with the pandemic, um, it's been quite crazy for everyone. How is it over where you are these days? You know, it's interesting. It's been a bit crazy. Um, I'm working from home now with the toddler, which has always been interesting. And um, things are slowly starting to open up here. So, I mean, that's we're cautiously optimistic and hopeful um, with that. And, I mean, the playgrounds are open here, so that's been a big game changer for us so we can finally, you know, get outside and play a little bit. So it's been nice. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, we are still um, under the stay-at-home order. <laughs> We're still on phase one, so everyone's inside. It's It's been crazy, but I'm just hoping for the next go, and we're just going to fly out of here. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference once you can kind of get outside and not interact with anybody still, but at least, you know, go to the playground and that sort of exactly. thing. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why don't we go into talking about who you are and what you do? Excellent. So um, uh, my name is Maria. I'm the founder of Handful of Thoughts. It's a resource dedicated to helping moms take control of their time and money. So it's a blog that I've created. Um, on this, That's on my side. Um, full-time, I'm a full-time high school teacher. So that kind of keeps me busy. And mm-hmm. I have this interest and passion, I guess you could say, for personal finance. And so I really want to help other moms kind of take control of their finances, understand their finances, and that's going to help them kind of take control of their time at the same time. Awesome. You have a very impressive debt-free journey of how you were able to pay off a large mortgage in less than five years. And I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about how you did it. Yeah. So that was, um, that's been a big thing for us and a big motivator and a big driving factor to where we are today. Um, so yeah, we paid off a $342,000 mortgage in less than five years. And along the way, we, the, one of the biggest things we did was we kind of gamified the process. So when we first got our mortgage, it was a 25-year mortgage, fixed term. And then we started, um, we did bi-weekly accelerated payments. So that was more money going on the principal every time we made a payment. And that one step alone was shaving off years of our mortgage. And then we started to put lump sum payments down. And every time we'd put a little extra on our mortgage, we'd get a new um, amortization table or a new statement saying, well, now you have you know 18 years left on your mortgage, 17 years. And it became a kind of a game, like how low could we get this number? And that was like very motivating. And like we did little things. So I actually went back to school um, and got a second degree and got a higher paying job that almost ended up doubling my income, which was a big motivator to that. We house hacked. So we had friends and roommates living with us for a part of the time. Um, and we worked a lot. So anytime there was overtime, I was working a couple jobs at the time. My husband was working overtime. And we really just made it our goal. Like that was our focus. Let's pay this off. We never, when we first started, had any idea that we were going to pay it off in five years. And then when we made that final mortgage payment, it was just like this huge monkey off our back. And it was, um, it's a great psychological feeling. And I definitely recommend it for anybody because it's 
all of a sudden now you have all this cash flow every month. You're not, you know, your expenses go down, way down and you have tons of options. So those kind of options gave us the ability to, um, when we, with the birth of our little one, my husband actually, he took part of the parental leave. So I took eight months off and he took four months off. Um, so together we had a year off and we wouldn't have been able to do that had we had this big mortgage payment still. So it just kind of gives us options. You had a lot of things on your plate um, all at once in the beginning, and it seems like you just pulled through um, and you just kept going. That's great. Um, what got you into motivating other mothers to adopt a mindset that gets them closer to financial freedom? Well, I just saw that, I mean, the choices that we had made in, with our money had kind of, again, had given us options. And so in talking to other moms, like once I became a mom and talking to other moms, I quickly realized that some moms have no idea anything about their money. And some of the times it's just, well, my husband deals with that and I don't know anything about that. And I thought, you know what, that's not okay. You don't have to necessarily be involved in the daily you know, maintenance of your money, but you should at least know where it is and you should understand what you're invested in. Um, I think that's really important. And so I think there's like that financial literacy piece for moms that's really important because in talking to other moms, I mean, a lot of them would love to spend more time with their little ones at home and they, the choices that they've made with their money, they aren't able to do that. And so I just want to help give them options. And I mean, absolutely, if you want to work, I mean, I enjoy my job and I do like working, but I just want to, if you want to work, then great work. But if you want to have that option to stay home, I want to help other moms kind of try to find that um, and give them that ability. That's definitely something a lot of the moms um, who I talk to struggle with, the financial literacy aspect of it, as well as wanting to stay home to take care of the little ones, but then also, you know, making it through. And so those, those three things tying in all together, that's, that's great. I was actually reading up on your blog. Um, you mentioned a couple things about money motto. Uh, what is it and why is it important for us to have? Right. So a money motto is kind of like a guiding principle. So it helps to lay the foundations for your choices. Um, and what it's going to do is it's going to provide you some motivation. So we've all heard um, like other mottos or sayings that we might put up on our mirror or things like that and kind of like gets us through. And the same thing to do with money. We can have those kind of mottos with our money. Um, I'm not going to say that it's going to be easy taking control of your finances or, you know, achieving your money goals. It's going to be tough and kind of a money model can help you through some of those hard times. And it can also, it also focuses on the power of words, right? If we keep repeating that same phrase, there's power in that. And we start to get that mindset shift. So all of a sudden, if it's, you know, I'm going to be a saver or whatever you want your motto to be, if you see that every day, and if you say that every day, all of a sudden your actions will start to align with that. And you do in fact become a saver. Um, so that's why it's so, so important. Do you have a money motto yourself? Absolutely. So um, our money motto is interesting because it comes, it's actually like a sport reference um, from a football player, but it's today I will do what others won't. So tomorrow I can accomplish what others can't. And that really reminds us to, you know what, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And we don't always have to do what everyone's doing and just kind of stay the course and those rewards will follow kind of thing. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we're going to deprive ourselves today so tomorrow we can enjoy it. It's a matter of let's make those choices today so that we are set up for our future. Great. Yeah, this money motto seems like a foundational piece that's so important to have and to build things on top of. And so... Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, I'm going to switch gears into more personal finance. Uh, with your background and experience achieving a financial freedom mindset, do you have any personal finance tips for moms who are in the process of becoming financially independent? 
Yeah. So the first thing I would say is just be aware of your emotions around money. Um, again, I think there are a lot of emotions. There might be some fear, some confusion, um, maybe some anxiety around that and just kind of own that, just name it. And that's what it is. And that's okay. Whatever you're feeling is fine. And one of the first steps is to just track where your money's going. So there's no judgment here. It's a matter of, you know, starting today or looking back three months ago, pulling out all your statements and looking like, where is your money going? Because this can be very eye opening. All of a sudden you can be like, whoa, I'm spending a lot on this and I don't really want to, or I'm not spending here and I want to. So just kind of looking at tracking your money and just realize that steady progress makes a big thing, right? So you don't run a marathon um, right away. You run it one step at a time sort of thing. So just be aware that it's going to be a process and a journey and just kind of celebrate that. And one of the big pieces of that is you have a partner. Oftentimes they have a, you have a partner. If you're a mom, you have a partner on this journey, um, your spouse or your partner, whoever that may be. And you really want to make sure you're getting on the same page as them as far as what your money goals are. So um, I'm not saying you necessarily have to join all your finances together, but you definitely want to be in the same goals and be pulling in the same direction. So when you're actually tracking your finances, is there a program or do you use Excel all the time or is there like a software that you recommend? So there's a lot of different options out there. I am a bit of old school person. I like to kind of write it down. So I will keep track on paper, like paper and pencil, and then I will put it into an Excel spreadsheet. And actually on my website, um, I actually have an expense workbook so that you can track all of your finances okay. in there. And it also, so it doesn't, it's not about categorizing at this point. It's just looking and it helps you look at, okay, these are expenses I want to eliminate. These are expenses I could do better at. How can I, you know, optimize this, um, that sort of thing. So I think that's really that analysis piece is really important too. Yeah, definitely seeing it on paper or even just on a screen is different from thinking that you know it in your head because the numbers are definitely different once it comes out to be. Absolutely. And there's like a huge bit of psychology that shows like once you watch it, it starts to change. So even just this simple act of, you know, I'm going to track my finances for three months, you'd be surprised at how you'll start to kind of make conscious choices because now all of a sudden there's some accountability. Wait a second, I got to write this down somewhere. I can't just spend at will. So you'll even start to make some, some minor changes in that without making any big drastic differences. Oh, that's, that's really cool. I uh, really enjoyed reading your post on how to save money with five simple phone calls, which I'll actually go ahead and link on our show notes for our listeners to read up on. And I found that the post um, had very valuable tips. Would you actually walk our listeners through how just five phone calls can help them save money in the long run? Absolutely. So I'm a big fan of negotiating. And I think negotiating kind of can get a bad name sometimes. Sometimes people think, oh, it's really bad. But negotiating can be about a win-win. And that's what this is all about. So the big thing is, first, you have to decide who you're going to contact, right? So let's talk cell phone providers. That's a really easy kind of low-hanging fruit one. So if you're not happy with your cell phone bill, which I often am not happy with my cell phone bill, then you have to decide, okay, I'm going to, you know what, I want to get this lower. And I actually just did this recently. So my cell phone bill had gone up about $20 a month that it jumped from what I was paying and I was not happy with this. So what I needed to do first was you need to know what the competitive offers are. So maybe sometimes your own cell phone company has a better rate without, and they won't tell you about that unless you ask. So looking on their website, looking at competitive offers, seeing what else is out there. So then I called and I'm always want to make sure that you're always being courteous and respectful. I'm not calling and complaining and being all upset and mad. You're not going to get anywhere with that. So I'm very courteous and respectful. So I call and I'm asking about these questions and the person couldn't help me. And so I said, okay, well, do you have a loyalty department? And oftentimes places do. So they could transfer me to the loyalty department at that point. 
Now, the loyalty department often has more power, so they can kind of give you maybe a monthly discount for a few months, or they have a better plan to keep you, that sort of thing. Then, now sometimes what happened in my particular case was the person wasn't able to help me. At that point, they transferred actually me to the wrong loyalty department. It was very awkward. And so I just hung up and I needed to be prepared to call back. So later on, a few days later, I called again and got through the loyalty department. And this time I was able to get kind of the answers that I wanted. But that being said, that they gave me a bit of a discount. Again, I'm not overly happy with it. So I also need the last step is you need to be prepared to change providers. So now I know that there's a better deal somewhere else. So I'm setting myself up to be able to change that provider because if that company doesn't have my loyalty as far as helping me out, then I don't owe them an extra $15 a month now that I'm paying where I could be getting a cheaper deal somewhere else um, on the exact same situation sort of thing. So again, it's knowing your competitive offers, asking for the loyalty department, always be courteous and respectful. Don't be afraid to hang up and call back. I've had that a lot. and It's very successful. And then obviously be prepared to change providers. So don't just make empty threats like, oh, I'm going to leave. And then you end up staying sort of thing. So just be prepared for that. Just being educated in that department and even knowing that there is a loyalty department in, in many cases just gives you that boldness to just, you know, go for it. And at the end of the day, you might actually get a better deal and save money in the long run. So Absolutely. And you have nothing to lose, really, because all that happens is they say no and you're back to where you started, which we were paying for anyway. Exactly. Um, Okay. I think we all know children can have the potential to cost quite a lot of money if we aren't wise with how we spend it. Would you give some tips to couples who are preparing to have children and on how they can budget for a growing family? Sure. So I think the number one thing here is to just question if you really need it. I mean, their babies and children are a massive market. I would say, I mean, they're millions, if not billion dollar market. And there's, everybody is always going to try to sell you or market you something that you, they think that you need for your kid. And realistically, I mean, I've got a toddler and some of her favorite toys is a measuring cup and a mixing spoon, mm-hmm. right? So you don't always necessarily need all of those new toys and bells and whistles. So really question if you actually need it. And also realize that kids grow so fast and their clothing sizes is not what you know you think they're going to be. Not every you know 18-month-old wears 18-month size clothing, for example. So just uh, one of the tips is to buy seasonal clothing. So buy kind of as you need it. Even with toys, buy as you need it, kind of as you go. And really look for hand-me-downs. Kids grow so fast and go through toys or clothes, um, even harder goods like strollers and things like that so fast that there's a huge secondhand market for this. Um, so really look for hand-me-downs, look for secondhand items, because that can really save you a lot. I mean, that was we were very lucky, and we were last of our family to have kids. So um, we had a lot of hand-me-downs, so that saved us on a lot of big-ticket items. But sometimes, I mean, realistically, a you know, $100 crib will do the same for your kid as a $300 crib does, right? It doesn't make that big of a difference. So really kind of question what you're spending your money on and what you value, right? So if you want to buy that $300 crib, great, but just know that that $300 versus the $100, well, that's $200 now you can't spend on something else potentially for your little one. What are your money-saving tips for big purchases such as buying a house or saving for kids' college tuition? Yeah, so I've got three tips here. So the first tip is to start early and save often. So if we're looking at a kid's tuition for college, as soon as that little one's born, if you can open those um, you know, savings accounts, that really makes a big difference. So one of the things that we did is oftentimes when you have a little one, people will get you, you know, monetary gifts. And 
um, if you can afford to save them, then what we did is we actually opened our account, our um, little one's education accounts, and we put all of that money that we were receiving for gifts for her into her own account, into her savings account. And different countries have different plans or what they're called and incentives. So really try to start early because now you have the benefit of compound interest and that money can grow. Same thing goes for saving a house. If you're wanting to save a house, you know, just start right, start as soon as you can and save a little bit and every little bit counts. So even if you're thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to save, you know, I don't know, $1,000 a month. Well, if you can save $50 a month, that is still going to make a difference and it'll still compound. So just really kind of start early and save often. You can also make a game of it. So there are tons of trackers that you can get that you can color color in and, you know, track the journey sort of thing, but that gamifies it. And the gamification of these goals really help to motivate, you know, you see it on your wall or you see it on your fridge. Hey, we've colored in, you know, six squares and we're that much closer, whatever that may be. And then the last thing is, is when you are saving, have that money, try to find a high interest savings account. So you don't want to keep that money in your regular checking account because if you see it there, you're more likely to spend it and your checking account's getting no interest. So look for high interest savings accounts. These are often online accounts and they are secured and they are insured and things like that, but have it separate from your checking account because now you have that money somewhere else that keeps it out of sight, out of mind. So you get your paycheck, you know, I'm going to put hundred dollars a paycheck away. That $100, as soon as you get paid, move it right away. Don't wait till the end. Save first and then spend after. And once you move it into that other account, it's gone, it's saved, it's out of sight, out of mind, but it's also collecting interest and it's gaining some traction as well with that sort of thing. The money-saving tips actually go into the next question um, for planning for retirement. And I'm sure a lot of people want to know, what are some steps working mothers um, should take towards planning for retirement? So one of the first things that um, moms need to do is just sit down and define their goals. So is their goals to, you know, be able to work from home or do they want to be a stay-at-home mom or do they want to, you know, go to work and their kids um, are either in school or maybe they're in childcare of some kind, whatever that may be. It doesn't matter what it is, but really define what your goals are because those goals are going to kind of drive the bus as far as how much do I need to save or what I need to do or that sort of thing. And then kind of look at, You really want to make sure, so if you are working in a job where you have an employer, first thing you want to make sure is you're maximizing your company match into the retirement account. So oftentimes, companies will match a certain percentage. Maybe they'll match 10% of your whatever you put or up to 10% or whatever it is. Whatever your company is matching, you want to make sure you're putting that money in. That is free money for you. As long as you put it in, they're going to match. That's like an instant return on your money. So you want to make sure you're doing that. And then again, when you're looking at, okay, you know what, I want to, you know, transition to maybe being a stay-at-home mom. Okay, well, what does that mean? What does that cost? How, you know, and maybe look at maybe there's a side hustle. Maybe there's a way you can kind of work from home on the side to help supplement that. Um, for us, I know we want to, we're kind of trying to achieve financial freedom at an early age. And so we also toy around with these mini retirements. So um, again, when I was on uh, parental leave or maternity leave, my husband was on as well for a bit. So then we could experiment. Okay, so if we're both home right now, how does this feel? Um, that sort of thing. You have those mini retirements because some people uh, realize when they have those kind of mini breaks in work, they're like, you know what? Nope, I need to go back to work. I've got a girlfriend right now, mom, and she said, I cannot. I need to be at work. I enjoy it. That's what I need in my life. And I said, that's great. This whole um, pandemic right now, I mean, I've been working from home and I realized, you know what? I really do want to work from home. I don't know what that looks like in a teaching um, situation long term, but trying to figure out how to make that work. So again, you want to define your goals and then really make sure the number one tip is to maximize your company match on any retirement accounts that you have access to because that is free money. Great. How does taking control of your money help us to take control of your time? 
So what that does is we know that money provides options. So money may not be able to buy you happiness, but money definitely gives you options. And so all of a sudden, if you are in a job where, so let's say your job, you make $20,000 a year, whatever number it is, but yet you spend $20,000 a year, you are now stuck in that job because it's constantly um, supporting your lifestyle or supporting your thing. So if all of a sudden we can get a bit more space, so now all of a sudden maybe we can make $30,000 but still only 20, spend twenty. Well, that extra $10,000 gives us some buffer room. That buffer room might be, you know what? I don't need to work as much. I can maybe scale back my work hours or I can save and now I don't have to work for as long. So you want like that just money provides options so that you can kind of make choices from areas um, of abundance versus areas of need or scarcity. So you just want to kind of build that gap between earning and spending and that can really make a big difference. Great. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners from hearing all of this would want to jump on and make some changes, but I'm sure there's budgeting resources and tools that are available online or wherever. Could you actually give us some resources and tools that our listeners can benefit from? Absolutely. So if you go to handfulofthoughts.com and you go to start here, there's a foundational money series on my site. And when it talks, it starts talking about like, where are you right now? Where do you want to go? And then how are you going to get there? So it works you through um, some net worth tracking, some goal setting, and then some budgeting, some simple budgeting stuff. And that's free. So that's all. There's a lot of free information out there. You can sign up for the free expense workbook as well. That kind of complements that. If you're looking for paid, um, there's lots of different apps you can get. The big one um, in the field is kind of, it's YNAB. So you need a budget. It is a paid um, app that helps you track things. I personally have not used it, but I know a lot of moms have had really good success with it. Again, I'm a back, I'm a old school, you know, pen and paper like to write things down. So I don't have, I don't use an app for that sort of thing. So there are a lot of different resources out there that kind of linked. And if you're feeling stuck, I mean, just send me, please connect to my website and I will definitely help kind of, I can help point you in the right direction or guide you and that sort of thing as well. Great. What does money mean to you in one word? Options. Absolutely. So just, yeah, uh, having options. Mm-hmm. Great. We're actually already on our last few questions that I ask all guests to come on the show. So the first one is, if there's one word you would like to be remembered by our listeners, what would it be? Authentic. I'm really, my whole thing, even with my blog, is all about, I want to share my experiences. I want to show you this is, I'm a real mom doing real things, and I don't ever want to come off as an expert. Um, I want to say, look, I'm learning there right with you in the trenches, so authentic would be the word. I love that. I, I think that just really makes you more relatable, and for any mom to just reach out and to trust you rather than, you know, going to someone who is an expert. Of course, their expertise is great, but it's it's a little intimidating So that's great. Uh, What's one piece of advice you would like to give new mothers or mothers in general? Take the time to know where your money is. You don't need to you don't need to be the person who manages it all the time or that sort of thing. But you should know where all your money is, and you should have access to it. And I think that's really important um, for any mom in general, new moms especially. Great. Where can everyone find you? So yeah, my website is. Um, handfulofthoughts.com and I'm also on social media so Twitter and Instagram is where I mostly hang out and my handle is at thoughts handful 
So I also have um, a special deal for all the listeners of the Healthy Glow podcast. You can get 50% off of the my Taking Control of Your Finances Getting Started bundle. So when you go to handfulofthoughts.com slash shop, you'll see it there and just use coupon code podcast. And this bundle, if you're kind of a mom and you're like, I don't know where to get started. I'm on board. Yes, I want to know about my money, but what do I do? This bundle is exactly what you need. So there are three things in it. There's a money automation checklist. So it gives you a list of things that you can automate in your finances to make your life easier. And really what mom doesn't want that. There's a personal account keeper. So this is an editable document. So you can use it it on your computer or print it out. That's fine too. And it helps you kind of walk you through and keep track of all of your accounts. This is really important to know where your money is. And it's a great conversation starter to have with your partner or spouse. And then there's also a personal debt keeper. So sometimes we have debt and there's nothing wrong with that, but this lets you kind of keep track of all of your debts in one place. And this is the first step again, to try to kind of take control of that and make a difference. So being aware of that, and this all kind of works really well with everything that we've been talking about so far. And again, this is an editable document, so you can use it on your computer or you can print it off and kind of pen and paper like I like to do. So again, you get 50% off of this with the coupon code podcast. Cool. Well, thanks, Maria. Thank you so much for your time today. No problem. Thank you. This has been great. Are you a mama or mama-to-be? And are you tired of putting your health last on your priority list? Then reach out to me so that we can work together to create a personalized and structured plan to fit health back into your busy lifestyle. For more information, check out ahealthyglow.com and be sure to check the show notes for more details. Thanks so much for listening to A Healthy Goal Podcast. Join me again next Wednesday and make sure you subscribe to the show to never miss an episode.